We're continuing this series today, and I'm excited about the conversation. We're continuing this, this idea, asking for a friend, and we're just hitting on some hot topics over the next several weeks. And last week in, in the message, hopefully it encouraged you and blessed you, but we talked about dealing with discouragement, and we looked at the story of Elijah and how God reminds us even in our darkest moments that we're not alone that he's with us. And we talked how so often, and if you've gone through discouragement lately, how the enemy tries to, to isolate us. It's one of his greatest tools, and he does that even in Elijah's life. And I encourage you, just maybe go back and listen to that this week if you missed it last weekend. The, today I want to take it one step further, and I want to talk about uh, this question for the next few minutes. How do I know God's will for my life? How do I know God's will for my life? Or or another way we could ask this question is, what is God's plan for, and you fill in the blank. What is God's plan for my relationship? What is God's plan for my marriage? What is God's plan for the career decision I need to take? Or maybe you're in a season of life where you're considering starting a business. Or maybe you're in a season of life where... Maybe you're about to graduate high school. I believe this message is going to encourage our students this morning. Hey, juniors and seniors, make a decision just to stay awake for the next 25 minutes. All right. I believe, I believe today all of us at one point or another, maybe you're walking through a, a season of transition or change needing to make a big decision. I believe this word is going to encourage us right where we're at. What is God's plan for our life? You know, in high school, it started with a simple decision of maybe what sport we're going to play or or then what college are we going to go to? And when we went to college, what, what are we going to major in? And we reached that, that place where we're making a decision about marriage. Should I, should I marry him? Or, you know, is she the one for me? I, I, I remember at college, you know, uh, I, 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 I just had this sense, this peace, like Jen was the one for me. I just had to shoo off all those other fellas that she had around her. You know what I'm saying? It's, and that's, for, that's another message right there. But, uh, but, but, but some of us, maybe you're in that season where you're, you're trying, to, <laughs> trying to figure out what is God's plan for my relationships or, or should we have kids now or should we wait or should we just invite the other kids from the neighborhood over, you know, and, uh, or, or should we, we rent a house or buy a house or, or, you know, should we get a cat or should we get a dog? That answer is dog, you know, 100% of the time. <laughs> All these decisions, you know, some of us, we like to use that fleece method like, like Gideon did when he was making a big decision in the Old Testament. We say, God, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to put this blanket out, you know, and, and, and God, if it's your will, you know, let the ground be dry, but let the, bank, let the blanket all, all be wet, and then I'll know it's your plan. And he tested God, and some of us, we like to use the fleece method. It reminds me. Reminds me of the guy that was, was driving by the Krispy Kreme, and, and he said, God, if it's your will for me to get donuts, let there be an empty space in that parking lot. And the fourth time around the building, he saw an open spot, and he said, it's the Lord. I know it is. I knew it was God. That wasn't me. I'm sure it was another guy somewhere. I remember as a kid, you know, I was, I was so into sports. I was never really great at sports, and I was passionate at a lot of different ones, baseball, basketball, played golf, uh, ran cross country in high school. I remember as a kid there was a season I was so passionate about basketball, and, 
And, and, and I remember, I can vividly remember times in my neighbor's driveway where I would have these moments with God. I was pretty intense as a kid, you know, and here I am, 13, 14 years old, trying to figure out the, what the end of my life was going to look like. And I, would, I remember times where I would have, have a made-up free throw line there, and, you know, I would say, God, if I make this next shot, I'll know it's your will that I'm going to be in the NBA. <laughs> and, then, and then if I would miss that shot, I would say, no, God, you, two out of three, two out of three, three out of five. 51 out of 100, you know what I mean? And, and I think some of us, we, we try to find these, these ways of discovering, God, what is your plan? What are you calling me to do? How, how do I know this is your will for my decisions? And I believe this this morning, is God doesn't want, God, God doesn't necessarily want us just to give us all the answers to our problems and situations and circumstances. God wants us to be in love with him. He wants everything in our life to draw us closer to him. And I believe this morning God's going to give us some truth from his word that's going to help us in the big decisions. If you're ready, say, oh, yeah. All right, let's go together. James, my favorite book in the Bible. James, five chapters, five chapters that can change your life. And we'll look at chapter 4, verses 13 through 15. He says this. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city. Spend a year there, carry on business and make money? Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? He says this. He says, you are a, everybody say the next word. You're a mist. He says, your life is like that fog machine. It was here for a little while, but it's gone. He says, your life is a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. How do I discover God's will for my life? Let me first start out by building a framework and helping us understand what God's will is not in our life. If you're taking notes, the first thing is this. God's will is not a feeling. God's will is not a feeling. Could I just remind us this morning, our feelings are fickle. Our feelings are fickle. Man, I can be on the mountaintop one minute and, and so discouraged the next. If I let my feelings control my life, man, I will be running in circles. That's why we say so often in this environment, choices lead and feelings follow. Choices lead and feelings follow. It's researching this week and discovered this is that uh, we, most of us, we think of 60,000 thoughts per day. Just think about this for a second. Up to 60,000 thoughts per day. And about 80% of those thoughts tend to be negative. Think about that for a second. Up to 60,000 thoughts per day, up to 80% tend to be negative. Does that sound like your Facebook feed, everybody? I mean, I mean I, I, there's so much negativity. And here's the media. Everybody knows that we're actually drawn to, to negativity. That's why even in our news we see so much negative stuff is because we're, we're creatures that are drawn to, towards negativity. And we got to be careful because negative thoughts lead to negative feelings, and negative feelings lead to actions that take us down a place we shouldn't go. 
It's not a feeling. Jeremiah 17, 9, it says this, the human heart is the most wonderful of all. Oh, no, it doesn't, does it? It says your heart is jacked up. You're messed up. Well, just follow your heart. No, don't follow your heart. No. Listen, don't, don't, don't rely on your goosebumps where God's taking you. Don't rely on your feelings. It'll take you to a place that ultimately most times leads to destruction. Our, our feelings are fickle. It's not a feeling. And number two, it's not a formula. It's not a formula. And here's why this is a struggle for us as humans is because we love quick fixes, don't we? I mean, we're, that's why we're drawn to advertising that says three easy steps to whatever it is. Lose 10 pounds, make more money, get a bigger house, drive nicer cars. If, if only everything was just nice and easy, and if I could just do it in three quick steps. We're drawn to anything that expedites the process. The problem is, is that with formulas, there's no room for mistake. Have you, like me, hated the, the, the times where you were putting something together in your house that maybe Jen told me? I, I was this week. I was building this, this bed frame, and, and at, at some point in the process, I realized this is really easy. I don't need those instructions. Come on, man. You've been there, haven't you? I got this, man. It's just a bed frame. No big deal. I don't need the, I don't, you know, the paper. The deal with God's will is it's not a formula, everybody. And, and, and I think so often we, we try to work this into this equation. If I could just do this, this, and this, I'll get to where God wants me to go. But, but, but our relationship with God is dynamic. It's active. It's living. And the beautiful thing about this is no matter how much I've messed up, God still has a plan for me today. Anybody thankful in the room? Anybody thankful in the room? Because if God's plan in my life was relying on how many good things I had done right, I would be hopeless. We'd all be broken. There's no formula. But I believe God, finding God's will is a process. It's understanding he can use us right where we're at. And so today, I don't want to give us just three or four steps. But today, I want to give us questions. Because everybody's in a different place in their life. Everybody's going through different situations. And today, wherever you're at, whatever decision you're making, maybe it's about a spouse, maybe it's about a career change, maybe it's about, man, is this the church we need to uh, invest in and be a part of and, and make a difference with, or whatever decision or season of life you find yourself in, I believe these questions can guide us. Number one is this, if you're taking notes, finding God's will starts with this. This is the most important. Am I in right relationship with God? Am I in right relationship with God? Because knowing God's will starts with knowing God. Let me just say it one more time and make sure you got it this morning. Knowing God's will starts with knowing God. Rick Warren, in in his book that was, man, just a a huge bestseller, the the quote that was the biggest in the book, Purpose Driven Life, was this. It's not about you. just want to bless you this morning. It's not about you, all right? And, and so many of the decisions we're making in our life, we're really not seeking out God's will. We're just looking to him and going, we've already decided we're going to buy the car. We're just going, God, how do you feel about it? 
We're not like asking God, is this the best thing for my life? Is this gonna draw me closer to you? We're just hoping that God is good with the ride that we're taking, with the, with the direction we're going. But, but I believe this, asking this question, my right relationship with God, it changes my perspective with every decision I make. It, it instead tries, doesn't try to get God's approval. Instead, it, it changes us and makes us think, Will this decision move me closer to being in love with Jesus? Will this thing I'm about to buy, will this relationship I'm about to get in, will it help me grow closer to God? Because God's way more important in relationship with you than he is your stuff. Oh, I know I'm kind of stepping on toes, but but Pastor Wes, you're preaching good this morning, all right? Am I right relationship with God? Matthew 10, 39 says this. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. Am I seeking God? Jesus, he taught us to pray. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God, what do you want from my life? What is best for my life? Does the decision or choice I'm making help me grow closer to Jesus? Number two is this. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? And, and here's, here's the interesting thing. I, I think sometimes we're spending a lot of time trying to figure out answers to the questions we have that God's already given us clear direction about. Well, God, should I get baptized? Well, hey, come on, man. I mean, it clearly says in the Bible you should get baptized. You don't have to spend a whole lot of decision fatigue on baptism. Well, God, should I put you first in my life? Well, well, God, should I honor you? Well, well, God, should I seek purity? Come on, flee every youthful lust. Flee everything that detaches itself from the world. Man, we should put God first. What does the Bible say about it? Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It judges the desires and thoughts of the heart. God, God, here we need to understand, God confirms his plan through his word. So what does the Bible say? Number three is this. Have I sought godly counsel? Have I sought godly counsel? And and I think this one is, is so huge because Oftentimes, we just need fresh eyes on what we're going through. We need somebody else who's not in the middle and dealing with the emotion and the frustration and and all the aggravation of whatever life uh, is bringing our way. They can say, you know what, I don't think that's going to bring health to your life. I I don't know if that's going to take you down the path God wants you to be in. And that requires enough humility in us that says, you know what, I know that somebody else can speak into my life, and I'm giving permission for somebody else to speak into our life. It's so huge because it it, it brings fresh eyes in the situation. It reminds me of just a couple weeks ago, everybody. I I came home from a trip, and I walked in the house, and I opened up the refrigerator, and there in the refrigerator was all this meat. And I thought, what in the world is going on? I mean, like not just a little bit of meat. I mean, top, middle, and bottom shelves. There's just meat everywhere, chicken and all kinds of stuff. And I open up the, fridge, uh, uh, the freezer. There's meat everywhere. And I'm like, Jen, what is going on? She said, there is a noise coming from the garage. Our free- I think our freezer in the garage is going bad. 
So I brought everything in so that I could start cooking it, and I didn't want it to go away. So I said, okay. Well, my mother-in-law was spending the night that night. And uh, that's dangerous in and of itself. But you know, <laughs> she woke up the next morning. She said, my Lord, there is a sound coming from this wall. I mean, this is a terrible Airbnb. Like, I don't think I can handle it anymore. I said, well, hey, no problem. You know, you got a home. You know? no. <laughs> no, I didn't say <laughs> I did not. I did not. Is she in the room? Hey, this is a, this is a place of forgiveness and love, <laughs> joy. She said, there is a sound. Well, I went out and checked the sound. I was like, man, we, we can't be having this. I tell you, there was this sound. It sounded like a, a dead animal, man. I mean, it was just like a, like a crying animal trying to get out. It, it, it was, it was kind of sad. I thought, what is going on? But I, it's not the freezer. It's not the freezer. Well, I, I, I had to believe because it was right next to it. It was the water heater. So I drained the water heater. You know, you'd look for all the sediment and figure this out, wasting water. And, oh, my goodness, just... And, 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 and sure enough, I, I thought, you know what, it's not, it's not the water here. I drained it. It's, it's sound's still going. I figured this sound has got to be in the wall. I mean, we were to the point that we were about to add on a room on the backside of the house just because of the noise, everybody. And, and finally, you know, I'm thinking, man, I'm going to have to call repairmen. We're going to have to change. We're, we have a new uh, water heater, a new freezer, a new kitchen. I mean, the whole deal eventually. I call a friend over, and he walks outside the house. He said, and he reached down to the faucet or the, the spigot on the outside of the house, and I watched him turn his hand clockwise. I thought, Wes, you are a dummy. You are a dummy. I had spent two days trying to figure out where this noise was coming from, and I'm sure as one of the kids would have had left the faucet open and the little air seeping through created all this noise. Why, why do I miss that? Here, here's why is that oftentimes we're trying to fix all the situations of our life and make big decisions about our life, and we're doing it all by ourselves. And sometimes what you need is somebody to come just look on your situation and go, you know what? I think it's a pretty simple fix. I don't think you need to spend $2,000. I don't think you need a brand new car. I know you feel like you need one, but I don't think you need one. That car right there, it's getting you from A to B just fine. Oh, I'm stepping on toes this morning. It feels real good. You know, you know what? I think we need people in our life that can tell us the truth, the truth because they love us and they want what's best for our lives. Have I sought godly count? Look what Proverbs says, 1531. If you listen to correction to improve your life, you will live among the wise. Proverbs 1215. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man is he who listens to counsel. God, God, help us to be people that are humble enough to realize that there's somebody else that can make us stronger. I'll tell you this. Just be real vulnerable. I wasn't planning on sharing it, but I, I feel like it's the right opportunity. Is that Jen and I went through one of the most difficult seasons of our marriage in our, in our 10th year. The weight and pressure of pastoring a church and trying to grow it and some of the unmet expectations that disappointments we were dealing with, the enemy did everything he can to destroy our marriage five years ago. And I remember Sundays where I was preaching, sharing God's word, knowing that, that our family, we were just dealing with pain. Can I just be vulnerable with you this morning? Because there's other people that are dealing 
with, with issues. And sometimes we come in on Sunday mornings and we put the happy face on like it's all good, but there's some pain underneath the surface. We jokingly say that we've been married for 15 years and we've had 14 good years, you know? And, and, and we've come through, uh, I'll tell you this, our marriage has never been stronger. But when we were at our weakest, God connected us with the right people and we made a decision. We, you know, we had done premarital counseling. I had gone through the motions and gone to counseling. We both come from really healthy families. So we kind of felt like, you know what? What else is there to learn? How do we improve our marriage? I mean, we've seen it done really well. And we fell victim to the trap. When I say we, I'm talking about me. I'm just including her because it makes me feel better about myself, okay? <laughs> we fell victim to the trap that we knew everything we needed to know about having a great marriage. And at our weakest, she read a book that that gave her the courage. She actually read a book in case you need a great book to encourage your marriage, The Emotionally Destructive Marriage by Leslie Vernick. The Emotionally Destructive Marriage. And as I read that book, I was actually listening to it, and I had the, uh, the book as well. But I remember times where I'd pull off the side of the road and I would weep because of the things that I had, had said and done to her and stonewalled her and shut her out because I was in so much pain. And I remember we found a counselor at that time, and God changed the way that we thought about counseling. We, 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 we lost the idea that if you go to a counselor, you're weak. Come on, stop believing that lie. Let me tell you, you... you You don't go get your oil changed after the car is broken down. You do it to keep your car running well. And we discovered that we need people in our life that could speak into our brokenness and make us stronger than we were. Let me tell you this today. If you're in a season of brokenness and you're trying to do it all alone, find somebody to encourage you. Find somebody to grow you stronger in Jesus' name. If you believe it, say amen. 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 Have I sought godly counsel? Number four, are there fears, insecurities, or addictions influencing my decision? Another, another way to say it is, are you in a healthy place to make the decision that you're making right now? Or is the decision you're making because maybe you're insecure about the season you're in, and when you look at the Joneses and what they're doing, it makes you feel like I've got to do this just to add up. It's like one guy said, we buy things with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. (laughs) Let it sink in for a moment, all right? (laughs) We're so busy keeping up because we're insecure about where God has us. Or maybe we're afraid to make that decision. Well, you know, what are people going to think if I get baptized? Well, who cares what people think? Man, Man, follow the command of Jesus. Honor God and watch him bless your life. Man, don't let fear, don't let insecurity, don't let addiction drive you to a place or a decision that you shouldn't be making by yourself. Psalm 37, 7 says, wait and trust the Lord. Don't be upset when others get rich or when someone's plans succeed. Just just rest and be content in what God is doing in your life today, where he has you to. Is this helping this morning? Are you with me, church? Number five is this. And we'll wrap it up is, is, do I sense God's peace? Do I sense God's peace? I mean, is God, is God bringing clarity? 
I, I believe this is, is God's peace is just way more than just a feeling that I have. That, that oftentimes God will use relationships, he'll use circumstances, situations, even difficulty sometimes to confirm maybe the, the thing that we shouldn't be doing. I'll tell you this, is every big decision that we've made at Bay Chapel has been grounded on these five principles. God's always spoken through his word and God's always given us peace. I'll tell you this, things were, were cruising along great at Turner Bartels earlier this year. And I'll never forget the Tuesday morning in staff meeting. It wasn't planned, it wasn't on my agenda. But something happened, and I felt this need to just say this to our staff, just to maybe even prepare their hearts and just be praying about it. And I said, guys, I feel like God's going to open a door for us to go to Wharton High School. And I told them, I don't, I don't know if many of them are in, they're all over the place on campus. I said, I don't I don't know why I'm sharing this. I don't have any reason to believe it. I haven't talked to anybody at Wharton High School. I said, I just have this feeling, maybe it's from the Holy Spirit or maybe it's what I ate last night for dinner. But I have this feeling like God's gonna open the door at Wharton High School. One week later to the day, the principal that has now moved on from Wharton High School researched, found our number, Bay Chapel, and called our office phone line and asked if we'd be interested in moving to Wharton High School. You say, man, that's kind of happenstance. No, I think God was in it. I'm pretty sure the 100 plus people that have given their lives to Christ in the last month are a testimony that God had a plan for us being right here. The same thing happened six years ago. We were driving... New to this community, we stopped in at Turner Bartels, met the principal. He said, there's a church meeting at the school right now. I'm sorry, it's not available. That next Tuesday morning, I, I got an email from that principal. He said, this past Sunday, the, the pastor came and said, this is our last weekend here. He said, would, would, you, would you still be interested? I'd be glad to save this auditorium for you until January when you launch. I can tell you this, is that whatever decision you're in or needing to make, God's Holy Spirit is there to bring peace and confirmation to our hearts. But ultimately, it's not about me getting will, it, my will, it's about his will being done in my life. And I'll close it with this thought before we go. Remember Jesus before he went to the cross? He was with his best friends and there in the Garden of Gethsemane. And they were praying and he, he stayed up all night. They said he just completely anguished and, and, and his heart so sad about thinking about what he was gonna do. And he prayed to his father. Look with me as we close, Matthew 26. He said, my father, if it is possible, let this cup be taken away from me. But I want your will, not mine. I want your will, not mine. Let me bring it all the way full circle. What is God's will for your life? To be more in love with him. To be more in love with him. 
God, help us when we make decisions. We have big forks in the road ahead of us to ultimately ask the question, God, is the decision I'm about to make draw me closer to you? God, does the decision I'm about to make help me to be more in love with you, passionate about you, seeking your kingdom, longing for what you want for my life? If you believe it this morning, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. Why don't you just bow your heads today?